0: This is episode 113 with Elisa Nichols. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Me, Girl and Open Wide, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? This week's podcast is brought to you by Sunlighten Saunas. Now, if you've been following me on Instagram stories for a while, you will know that I love my infrared sauna time. We've had one in our Bondi home for a few years now, but we recently got one in our Noosa home too, which is epic. And I often get asked about my favorite wellness and self-care rituals. And with the amount that I'm on and off aeroplanes, by far one of my favorites is time in my sauna. And I want to be the best version of myself. I want to show up to the world as the best possible version of me. And infrared saunas have been an amazing way for me to rest, rejuvenate, rebuild and heal both my mind and body. It's just time for me. I love it. No one interrupts me. It's like my little sanctuary and I just love time in there so much. And since I've personally been using it, I've noticed that my skin is even clearer and some aches and pains and little niggles that I had in my lower back have minimized, which is awesome. And the best part is I always walk out feeling bursting with energy. And as soon as I get out, I try and jump in the ocean because for me that is just like heaven. I call that my aura cleanse and I just love it. The combination of the sauna and diving in the ocean afterwards is just ah oh heaven. The thing I love about Sunlighten is they are constantly working with designers, engineers and scientists to research and develop cutting edge wellness technologies with independently verified research data to back up their saunas. It's awesome. And their global mission is to help people maintain and improve their wellness and lifestyle. So for all my Aussie and New Zealand based listeners, I have an epic offer for you. I have a $500 gift voucher just for you. All you have to do is head to sunlighten.com.au forward slash Melissa and mention the code word Melissa Ambrosini in your inquiry to receive your $500 voucher. How epic is that? And be sure when you get your sauna to tag me in your pics. Lisa Nichols is one of the world's most requested motivational speakers as well as media personalities and corporate CEO whose global platform has reached and served nearly $30 people people. From a struggling single mom on public assistance to a millionaire entrepreneur, Lisa's courage and determination has inspired fans worldwide and helped countless audiences break through to discover their own untapped talents and infinite potential. She is the founder of Motivating the Masses, which is one of the only publicly traded personal and business development training companies. has helped develop workshops and programs that have transformed the lives of men and women and altered the trajectory of businesses across the the world. She is also the best-selling author of six books, and her seventh book, which is called Abundance Now, is out right now. And in Abundance Now, she continues her journey with her fans, providing a clear and practical blueprint for personal success, drawn directly from her own life experiences. And Abundance Now is the follow-up of Lisa's New York Times bestseller, No Matter What. And in today's episode, we chat about her incredible story from scarcity and struggle to freedom and abundance. She shares how she moved from a scarcity to abundance mindset, the powerful and free exercise to rewire your brain from lack to abundance, what abundance means to her, the key to an abundant life, why abundance is your birthright, the four keys she attributes her success to, I loved hearing these, these are epic. She also shares how she lost 90 pounds, yes, 90 pounds, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 113. And before we dive into today's epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this comes from Charlotte Sav and she says, Melissa, your podcasts have truly been a blessing for me and the journey that I'm on. I was introduced to your beautiful podcast a few days ago by a couple of girlfriends and I've not taken my headphones out of my ears since. Each one of your episodes brings me so much joy and lights me up from the inside out. All of the topics, affirmations and philosophies discussed resonate with me so much and I'm eternally grateful to be able to share this with you and anyone I meet that is searching for a better way your interview questions are super powerful your presence is comforting your positive vibes are infectious and your guests are insanely inspirational i couldn't agree more Thank you for sharing your gifts and the endless life changing golden nuggets I can't wait to share your podcast and create the Melissa Ambrosini ripple effect in this world Thank you so much Charlotte for that beautiful review, I'm so grateful and I'm so glad that it deeply resonates and don't forget that if you want to be the review of the week for next week head on over to iTunes and leave your review there and now let's bring on this super inspiring human being, the goddess that is Lisa Nichols. Beautiful Lisa, I am so excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into today's conversation, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: <laughs> I have for breakfast this morning a vegan protein shake. So it was plant-based protein shake with superfood greens added to it, pineapple added to it, tablespoon of peanut butter added to it with coconut water.
0: Mm mm mm. Now you have an incredible story of overcoming adversity. Can you please share it with us and tell us how you shifted your mindset from one of deep-rooted scarcity
1: to abundance? Sure. So I was born into an amazing family. That the best way I can sum it up is my family is relationship rich, culturally rich, spiritually rich, but we were financially in lack and scarcity, and some I, I think we would even be a, would have been called poor. We Fell under the poverty line, and so I learned how to um, manage money from a scarcity place. I learned how to uh, navigate through life from a place of lack and deprivation. Unknowingly, again, relationship rich, spiritually rich, um, in, in terms of our our family dynamics was was loving and fulfilling and emotionally healthy. Um, but the, the my mindset was there's never enough, and I have to work really hard. And as a result, I found myself struggling. You know, my bank account was in the red. NSF checks, non-sufficient fund checks were a normal part of my mail. And even to the point where I once didn't have enough money to wrap my son in, um, in Pampers. I had to wrap him in a towel uh, for two days because I couldn't afford the Pampers. Um, I often found myself eating beanies and weenies because I didn't have money to buy anything else. And so scarcity was just a, it was my norm. I was broke and broken. And I always say, Alyssa, that being broke was one thing, but being broken was a whole nother level of despair. And I I didn't quite know how to get out. And when I had to wrap my son in a towel for two days, it was one of those moments when I just said, I don't want to experience this for the next 15 years. And if I'm going to change something, I might need to start now. It might not happen all now, but I need to start now. And I'm a true believer that your mindset will lead your lifestyle. And I even knew this then. I just didn't know how to go get another mindset. And that your lifestyle is a direct reflection of where your mindset is. And so I I did something quite strange for me. See, I wasn't an avid reader in high school. I later found out I wasn't, I wasn't fond of reading because I'm functionally dyslexic. I didn't know that until I was in my mid-20s, but reading was always a challenge for me. But I knew when I hit this place called Rock Bottom, I knew that I'd only gotten myself there based on what I knew. Like what I knew got me where I was. Like what you know will get you where you are. So if I didn't like anything about where I was, and oh, by the way, I didn't like anything about where I was. I mean, I liked me. I could appreciate Lisa, but I didn't appreciate the lifestyle that Lisa had fallen into, had crawled into, had run into. I didn't appreciate trying to make a dime going 20 different directions. I didn't appreciate running out of money before I ran out of months. I didn't appreciate having to eat beanies and weenies As a a default, not as an option. I didn't appreciate having to wrap my son in a towel because I had eleven dollars and forty-two cents in the bank at the ATM, and I couldn't get twenty dollars out to buy Pampers. I didn't appreciate that, and so my motivation, Melissa, wasn't initially. Oh, where's the best life that I can go to? Well, how how can I be inspired for a better life? That wasn't my inspiration. My initial inspiration was this life sucks. This is not who I am. This is not congruent with who I know myself to be. I deserve better and I need to move my mental zip code so I can move my emotional, physical, and financial zip code out of this rut. And so I I, I became very clear that I didn't know how. And so I picked up a book at 25 uh, and I picked it up again at 27. I picked it up again at 30 because as I said, I'm functionally dyslexic. I'm still functionally dyslexic. And so I gave myself permission to not learn necessarily fast, but I gave myself permission, Melissa, to learn thoroughly. So I read the same book six times. That book was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I I didn't understand everything. I'll be quite honest with you. But the things that I did understand were your circle of concern is not your circle of influence. And most people spend 80% of their time in their circle of concern and 20% of their time in their circle of influence. But if you shift it and you spend 80% of your time in your circle of influence, you will begin to transform your life. I, I learned that lesson like at 28, 29. And I thought, oh, okay, let me figure out what I can influence. And lo and behold, I can influence more than I thought, more than I was giving myself credit for um and then i just began to be, get a, go on a hunt a hunt for what do i not know I, I all i wanted to know was what i didn't know because if i learned what i didn't know then i can learn to do some things that i wasn't doing it was like i was i was this i was this explorer for the next 5 years and um i i ate i ate my slice of humble pie every day and even though people would tell me how bright I was, how well-spoken I was, how articulate, how gifted I was, I didn't care to be a teacher anywhere. All I wanted to be was a new, fresh student of life. And so, and, and then I gave myself permission to do something that not a lot of African-American women or men would do. And that is I would go to conferences where I was the only person of color. I was the only woman. I didn't care that I was the only person there. I wanted to know what they knew. I didn't wanna go in environments where I was comfortable. I didn't care about environments where I'd already been. I didn't wanna go in environments where I knew what they knew. I wanted to go in environments where I didn't know what they knew. I wanna go in environments that I'd never been in before because I was seeking to find out what I didn't know, And everything I learned that I could document, that I could understand, I gave myself six months to work to implement, not six months to master, six months to learn how to implement. And it took me 14 years, 14 years to implement everything that I learned. I started in 1996. 14 years later was when I thought, okay, I think I got it.
0: (laughs) So for people listening, that might think, holy crap, I have a lot of scarcity limiting beliefs, but they may feel blocked. Like, I know I come into contact with people who are like, yeah, I know I have this money belief or this scarcity around my health or relationships but I just don't know how to move through it like I just don't know how to rewire my brain and I just don't know how to push through that block what is the first steps how can we shift from scarcity to an abundance mindset today like what are some basic things that
1: people listening can do so I, I think one of the powerful things that you can say is exactly what they say, I don't know. So realize that you can only take yourself as far as you can take yourself. And the first thing is to say, where can I find someone via a book, via YouTube, via a live event, via personal contact? Where can I find someone that's two to 10 steps ahead of me and I can help get them through their knowledge, through their, through, through their literary contribution? to help me take myself somewhere that I've never seen. So that's number one. And then the first thing to do, I believe, is to become whole and complete with yourself, to really get face-to-face with you. I love doing mirror work. So I recommend tonight, today, when you finish this particular interview, stop and go right to the mirror and complete these three sentences. So the first thing is to get in the mirror with you because everywhere you go, there you are. You can never outrun you. You can't outtalk you. you. Everywhere you go, there you are. So you might as well do as much work on you as possible. So the sentences are, the first sentence is, and I put this in my books because it was the thing that turned my crawl into a walk. It turned my walk into a run and it turned my run into a sore. So I'm not giving you something that I haven't tried before. As a matter of fact, I'm giving you something I've lived by. So it's the mirror exercise that I've done for over 20 years now. And the first sentence is looking at yourself, you complete the sentence that starts with the phrase, I'm proud that you. So looking at yourself, you say, I'm proud that you, and you find seven different endings to celebrate yourself for. Because we're so quick to try to fix things, but we're so slow to celebrate ourselves. So Build on what's already good. Build on what's already working. Build on what you already are proud of and then go to where you want to improve. We're so quick to say, oh, but I need to improve. Hold on. Hold on. First, celebrate what's what's right and what's in order. And so the first sentence is I'm proud that you. I love to say my name first. Lisa, I'm proud that you. You would say, Melissa, I'm proud that you. And find seven different things. And they can be small things, really small. I'm proud that you got out of bed this morning and you stretched. You went to yoga. You can go back 20 years. I'm proud that you were in integrity when your parents left the house. You you honored the home. You can go back 30 years because we're under-celebrated. So find seven different things to celebrate yourself for. I'm proud that you. The second sentence is the releasing of shame, blame, guilt, regret, and anger. We are carrying around so much unspoken shame, blame, guilt, regret, and anger. It's like uh, it's like three chairs that we're dragging around with us and we're trying to go through the narrow door of opportunity. But we got these chairs, these bar stools that we're pulling with us. Though you can't see them, they're there. And oftentimes we get stuck and stagnated because we're trying to pull so much with us unconsciously. So the second sentence is you say your name first. I forgive you for. Now this one might take you to your knees. I know I I was buckled over when I did this in the mirror. I said, Lisa, I forgive you for lowering your bar because you were lonely and getting in a relationship that was unworthy of you. Lisa, I forgive you for allowing yourself to gain over 80 pounds you know, and carrying it for over 19 years. Lisa, I forgive you for beating yourself up as a mom because you traveled to live your dreams. Lisa, I forgive you for forgetting to call people and nurture the relationship and the relationship eventually died on the vine. So what are the things you're holding yourself hostage to those quiet things in the back of your mind that no one else knows about? Oh, by the way, this exercise is normally done in the bathroom with the shower running and the water running in the sink and the door locked, by the way. So third sentence stem that you would complete is you say your name. I commit to you that we're so We're so willing, Melissa, to make commitments to other people and to honor those commitments before we make commitments to ourselves and honor the commitment to ourselves. And so you want to find seven different commitments to make to yourself before you commit to anyone else. You want to find the worth in you to celebrate you. Lisa, I commit to you that today I will say yes when I want to say yes, and I will say no when I need to say no. Lisa, I commit to you that today I will spend my quiet time saying more positive things in my head than negative things in my head. So you when you talk about the first step, the first step is to get so connected and grounded to you. And so the sentence stems are I'm proud that you, I forgive you for, I commit to you that looking in the mirror, talking to yourself each day. I did mine for 6 day, 6 months straight every day. But 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 I was at the time diagnosed as clinically depressed. I, at the time, had been prescribed Prozac. And so I asked my doctor, could I do this for 30 days and then see if I still needed it? So I was looking at rescuing Lisa. I needed to rescue myself. You may not be at that place, so you may not choose to do it for six months. I recommend that you at least do it for 30 days every morning. It'll take about 15 additional minutes. My recommendation is that you do it right after you brush your teeth before you are fully dressed uh, with suit, tie, or makeup on, and that you give yourself permission to go through the journey. I could, I, I'm proud that you, I forgive you for, I commit to you that. That would be the first thing I recommend you do.
0: I love that so much. For me, mirror work was something that I did very early on in my journey when I started my journey back in 2010, and it radically Shifted a lot for me. I did it standing naked as soon as I got out of the shower in the bathroom. And I just repeated, I love you unconditionally. I love you. I love you. Like I did those sorts of um, affirmations. And I remember the first, you know, week, I couldn't stand there without bawling my eyes out. Like it was so full on and so much pain and anger and different emotions were being brought to the surface, but it was so. Powerful. And if we want to rewire our brains, one from scarcity to abundance, this is the work that we've got to do. And I love your prompts. And I want to encourage everyone maybe write them on a post it note and stick them on the mirror, just so you have little reminders and commit to it. Do what Lisa said 30 days, commit to it. Just see how you feel and how different your day starts to unfold. Because it's the rewiring of our brain that needs to happen in order for us to experience this abundance that we truly desire. But I'm curious to know, what does it mean for you to live an abundant
1: life? What is that? Abundance for me is um, its not solely about wealth and finances. I want to first make that very clear. Um, wealth and finances is a very uh, thin, necessary, but thin slice of the pie. Abundance for me is um, wealth and uh, fiscal, fiscal wealth and nice possessions. That's about money. Abundance is about a holistic experience. So abundance for me, it means that I have my relationships. They're fulfilling. Abundance means my finances are offering me fiscal freedom, uh, time freedom, and and location freedom. Uh, Abundance for me is where I have a spiritual joy, peace of mind, um, that I have a higher source that I can relinquish my worries to. I have a place I can go inside me to find peace of mind. Abundance for me is the ability to um, nurture my health and my wellness. And so abundance is a 360 experience. It's not a singularly focused experience around money, and possessions and toys and shiny objects. While a lot of people think that that's what abundance is about, that's a part of it. Abundance is saying, my relationships are in a place where I love them. I've gotten them there. I have privileged circumstances and privileged circumstances means I've created a life where I have better choices than I had before. I have options. I have options of where I want to live. I have options of how I want this relationship to ebb and flow. I have options about my health and wellness and what I want to do with it. I'm not limited on if I can take a hike. I'm not limited on if I want to get up and dance. I have I have health abundance. And so abundance is a 360 experience that gives you access to circumstances and privileges that you may not otherwise have had. And so abundance is something that you don't go get. This is what most people think. They think you have to figure out how to go get abundance. You can't go get abundance. Abundance is taking the things in your existing life and being a phenomenal steward of them. I guarantee if you're listening to my voice, you can look at every area of your life and in a particular area that's not currently in abundance, if energy grows or energy goes, you give that that area of your life—finances, health, um, uh, relationships—you give it enough energy, and it will improve. You can even get it to a place of absolute abundance, but it's going to require your energy. So, abundance is not something you go get. It's not something you Google download. It's not something you can you know you, you can order it online. It's not something that that you can find on Amazon. Abundance is something that you take, you give attention to the area that's currently in need of adjustment, and you make it become abundant. You expand the relationships that you're currently in. You become a good steward of the money that you have. You learn how to earn another revenue stream, so you now have two revenue streams, or you now have four revenue streams. Now you begin to not only learn how to earn money, you learn how to save money. And then you not only learn how to earn and save money, you learn how to earn, save, and grow money. You know, So uh, abundance is something that you take what you currently have and you expand it and morph it and you grow it, um, it's not something you go and get. You cannot go and get abundance. You have to take what you have in your life and turn it into an abundant version of itself.
0: Mm, I love that. Now, you didn't come out of the womb with this abundance mindset. Like you mentioned before, you had a lot of scarcity and lack mentality. But can you take us back to maybe the first time, if you can remember, or one of the first times that you realized that, holy crap, this abundance mindset stuff actually works?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had so many of those moments where I I just kind of, I was blown away at at the fact that there's a different experience going on than the one that I grew up with. And it was almost like when I first had a Melissa, I was like, wait, this has been available all the time. Yeah. Why (laughs) didn't anybody tell me sooner? Exactly. Because you think like there's something happening and why was I not? But the reality was, abundance is around you all the time. You're always seeing examples of it, but until your mindset has been expanded to accept the fact that you are worthy of abundance. You constantly look at it as over there. So when I was little, I would see abundance, but I made it for those people over there with that color skin, from that family, with that look, with that origin. It couldn't be anyone who came from South Central Los Angeles like me. It couldn't be anyone with deep mocha brown skin like me. It couldn't be anyone with kinky hair full lips and round hips like me. It couldn't be anyone whose grandmother picked cotton um, when she was 10 years old. So even though abundance is around you, you're seeing evidence all the time. You have to ask yourself, am I allowing abundance to be something that I receive in my life? Is it just a want, but not a belief? So you can want something, but never believe you, you're, you're worthy of having it. And so you have to not only ask yourself, what do I want? You have to ask yourself, what what have I given myself permission to receive? You know, abundant relationships. You have so many people who are single and they want a relationship. But when it comes down to opening up to a relationship, they're afraid they're going to get hurt. So you want a relationship, but you haven't given yourself permission to open up to have a relationship. So what you want and what you've given yourself permission to receive are two totally different things. And I say, Melissa, that's when the tongue in your mouth and the tongue in your shoe are going in two opposite directions. And so, I kept witnessing abundance when my my son was 3 years old. I was at an event and I was a student at the event. I was in the chairs studying with everyone else. And this particular event had 800 and like 50 people at the event. And of 850 people, 844 were men. And 843 of them were older white men. So there were four women there and there was one other person of color. And I remember the owner of the conference, she heard me speaking in the hallway. And now I Jelani was three, my son, he's now twenty he'll be twenty-four this year. I I didn't really have a speaking career. I just had a speaking desire. No one was listening yet. And she said, she said, I like the way you sound and I like your passion. Would you like to speak at the end of this conference? And I said, and say what? <laughs> she said, I don't know, but I want to give you like six minutes and I just want you to share with the room. Well, at this time, there had been no women on stage. Um, you know, no one that looked like me was on stage and I didn't, I didn't know how I'd be received. And so I went on stage and I shared a poem that I had written years before. And I got a standing, a roar, not just a regular ovation, I got a standing Roaring, vigorous, passionate ovation, and that was the first time I saw one that I had something to say. Two, that it 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 flowed out with power. Three, it was received with energy and excitement. And four, which was probably the most important, that my message transcended culture. My message transcended gender. My message transcended social economic status. And religious boundaries, that my message was important enough to be heard. That was my first time, and I kid you not, I didn't just jump into abundance at that time. I thought, wow, I really tricked them. They really think I'm good. <laughs> it, it, that was the first abundant experience that I saw that there was a wave of possibility, and and, and it just kept growing from there. When I was on the Oprah show, um, I, I didn't even have a website. <laughs> I didn't have a website with my name on it. Someone else owned the lisanichols.com website. And I was on the Oprah show in 2007 and I was really honest. I was so honest that I scared myself. I was crying because I was supposed to be, quote unquote, the expert teacher in the secret. But I needed to be transparent and honest with everyone listening. And so I talked about my struggles. I talked about doubting myself. I talked about living in scarcity and lack. and to my surprise, I thought that the audience would be very disappointed in me because here's the secret teacher talking about all this this doubt and worry and lack and scarcity in her mindset and how she had to crawl through it. And to my surprise, within 72 hours of being on the Oprah show, unlike any other guest that was on the Oprah show from The Secret, I received 9,782 emails when it was difficult to find me because I didn't own the Lisa Nichols website.
0: Wow. 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 That is
1: just mind
0: blowing. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. What a journey you have been on. And I love how honest you are. And there's so many people out there that are on social media that aren't being honest and truthful. And I love that you just make that your mission, you know, being authentic and talking about what you're going through is just
1: so important because it makes you real. And you know what, if I can add to that, what I want to talk about both those scenarios, me speaking on stage for the very first time in front of an audience that looked nothing like me, that was older than me, that was a different gender, a different nationality, probably a a different religious background, all these differences as well as being on Oprah, so scared. I couldn't sleep the night before. I'm crying all night because I knew if I told the truth, people might not like me. The beauty of both of those is that you ask for when, moments when I saw abundance. I saw, each time that I saw abundance, the prerequisite, almost the feeling that had to come before it was so much nervousness. My knees were knocking, my teeth were chattering. I was I, I wasn't sure, but what I did know was my truth. My truth was something that I didn't want to change and my truth was something that I gave, I gave myself permission to share. I didn't know people's opinion of me. I didn't know what they think of me. I didn't know if this room of older white men would like me. I didn't know if this uh national international uh body of people 56 million strong would appreciate my truth as the expert with the issues. And so to your point Melissa, both of those tsunami Experiences of love were preceded by knees knocking and teeth chattering, but me giving myself permission to stand in my truth. So yes, to your point. Mm, Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Now, a lot of people listening might think, okay, so all right, I've got to get this abundance mindset thing down pat. How important is taking inspired action every single day? There's, you know, sitting back and just thinking abundantly isn't really
1: enough, is it? I love this question because, you know, let's pick up where the secret left off. The secret said, you know, sit on your couch and manifest a better life. But what they forgot to say is set intentions about a better life and then get really, really busy. Joan Bias uh, quotes and says that action is the antidote for despair. Well, Lisa Nichols adds to that, that action is also the prescription for your success. That if action can be the antidote and action can also be the prescription, that's a very powerful verb. The difference between you and the people who are living the life that you want to live is simply how much action they're in and what they're in action doing. I'm not saying that everyone has an equal beginning because we all don't have an equal beginning. But what I can tell you is that there's one common denominator that lives between every successful person? One, they might be different nationalities, different culture, different religions, different sizes. There might be differences in every other way, but they have one common denominator. We are all in consistent. Keyword: consistent action. And so, I, 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 I absolutely, absolutely. My students who step on my campus, I have a really robust campus of students. I scare the bejeebies out of them when they first come on because I show them how much action we're going to be in together. But I also have them look up in a year and their businesses have transformed. They're living a life that that they never even imagined that they could live because they were in radical action. I tell them my coaching will do you no good. It will, it is of no value. It is of, my coaching is of zero value without your action. It, it means nothing. It's just wasted time. And so action is literally the key. People say, I run out of time. You didn't run out of time. You knew when you woke up, you had 24 hours in the day. And you know tomorrow when you wake up, you have 20, it is one of the most consistent things we have. It's about how do you spend your time? Do you spend your time having paralysis of the analysis, studying to get it right, studying to get it right, studying to get it right? Are you willing to study then leap, fly or fall? Then study and leap, fly or fall. Then study and leap, fly or fall. Are you willing to give yourself permission to get back up a thousand times? Because if you are willing to get back up a thousand times, you'll leap 999 times. And there won't become a time when when you leap, you take soar. It might not be the first time and it might be the first time, but don't be committed to soaring, be more committed to leaping. Amen, sister.
0: Amen. I say the same thing. You know, my books, my podcast, my coaching, my mentoring, everything that I do is only going to get you so far. It's the taking inspired action. I call it inspo action, taking inspo action every single day that is going to get you to where you want to get to and help you shift from that scarcity to abundance. So thank you so much for just bringing that home, really, you know, shining some light on how important it is. Because the other thing is, is like Lisa, the mentor, can't do it for you. Melissa, the mentor can't do it for you. We can only share what we know and the rest is up to you taking the inspired action. So
1: thanks for bringing that home. I have to just say this. I've stared at Serena Williams for years because I, I want her abs. I want her six pack. I want her assets. I want her thoughts. I just stare at her. And I realize. After staring at her for like, I don't know, five, seven years, nothing different was happening in my life because I was staring at <laughs> Serena Williams. That I had to do my own crunches, I had to do my own lunges, I had to do my own squats if I was going to transform my life. And so when you look at your coach, your coach can show you what to do and show you what it can look like. But all of your strength ally- lies in you doing your own sit ups, your own lunges, your own squats your own life in whatever area of your life. When I learned that, I stopped worrying about who I was hanging around. I stopped trying to take pictures with certain people and post it on Facebook. Like, look who I know. I just wanted to develop the muscle. So if you look at every part of your life as if it's a physical, you know, if you don't go to the gym for three years, you don't work out for three years, you know, your body's going to tell you you have not worked out for three years. And you will fully expect when you hit the gym every day, or you hit the gym three times a week, you're looking for the outcome. I don't know how we have a tendency to expect a different type of experience emotionally or mentally with our mindset. You have to hit the mental gym. You have to hit the discipline gym. You have to hit the time management gym. You have to hit the gym of limiting beliefs. You have to hit the gym of financial prosperity. When you hit the gym and you work that muscle, that's when you turn a weak muscle into a strong muscle. That's when you do that. And it's the same way as your abs, your glutes, your quads, your triceps, and your biceps.
0: Absolutely. I often get emails and private messages on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm sure you do too, with people you know, saying, thank you so much. Your book changed my life. And I've been able to heal from this and leave this relationship and start this dream business. And I've been able to do X, Y, and Z. And thank you. It's all because of you. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. Like, it's because of you. You're the one that took the inspired action and you need to be going into the mirror and saying, I'm proud of you that for yourself. Like we're just here as facilitators to share. It's you guys that are doing the work. Like, and I know it's not always rainbows and butterflies to show up and do the squats and to do the mental sit-ups. I know, but it's that consistent daily action that is going to get
1: you to where you want to be. I absolutely agree. And I understand that that consistency is the thing that builds our muscle and our mindset. Abundance is your birthright. I think that's the key thing that I want people to understand, that abundance is your birthright. Abundance isn't a hookup. Abundance isn't something you stumble on by luck. Abundance isn't something that someone can give you. Abundance is your birthright. And what I love about that is that there are certain things where the the, the playing field is equal. Abundance is that. That's why we love when we hear someone who has had the hero's journey. They've come from nothing and they built. We love hearing that because it shows us all that abundance is available to everybody, not just people who were born inside of privileged circumstances, but people who were born inside a pretty dismal circumstance. They turn their lifestyle into a privileged lifestyle. If that's the case for one person, then it's not just the case for them and not for everyone else abundance is your birthright the mere fact that you can hear my voice abundance is available to you now with that being said abundance is not going to come to your door like amazon prime ups or fedex abundance is something you have to decide to go get and it's not something that's on the outside of your door or on your front lawn or at the corner or at the mailbox the very first time you go it's something you have to be consistently going after you have to be consistent. And then it's there.
0: What do you attribute your success to?
1: Um, a few things. Um, one, I attribute it to my, my commitment to be a servant leader. And what I mean by that is I want to bring value to people's life. And because I want to bring value to their life, and, I, and that's what I do. I, I set my intention to bring value to people's life, to really... Be of value to them, to answer the question that they've been looking at, answer, to help them access that extra extra dose of courage. So, my servant leadership um, has a, afforded people to find me to be the solution for some of their needs. So, I I always say my service has led to my sales. My company has grown double digits every year for the last fifteen years as a direct result of my commitment to service. Another reason why I've been successful is because to the degree that I am a good teacher, I am a phenomenal student at the very same time. So I have the ability and have honed the ability to be a teacher and a student in the exact same minute. So so I'm always pouring and receiving, pouring and receiving, pouring and receiving. So what that's allowed me to do is my lessons are always fresh. So you won't hear the same shtick from me three years from now or six months from now. You won't hear the same shtick because I'm learning new things. And I'll tell you out loud, I'm learning new things. Look what I learned. And if this is a value to you, let me share it with you. And so my ability to be a teacher and a student simultaneously, and what I call that, Melissa, is the ability to live in constant duality. That's the second thing. The third reason why I believe I'm successful is because um I recognize that I cannot get there alone. That I need family, I need team, and I choose tribe. So I am I I, I am not on any mountaintop by myself. Uh, so my my willingness to um to ask for help, my willingness to receive support, my willingness to ask for guidance, my willingness to Allow my team to lead at times. Allow a consultant that I make to lead at times. My willingness to lead and or be led is the third. And then the fourth and final um reason for success is because I kept working on myself. I kept working on my own personal capacity. I tell my students, you cannot put 60 ounces of success in a 32-ounce Cup of capacity called your personal development. So I've always worked on my personal development, not for where I am right now, but for where I'm going. So I'm working on my personal development right now, not for where I am in 2018 or 2019 or 2017. I'm working on my capacity right now for 2022 for 2025. What do I expect? What's the bottom line? What's the bank account balance that I expect to have then? What's the travel lifestyle? What's the physical lifestyle? And now what do I need to do to get the courage to embrace all of that? And so I'm always working on having the personal capacity to handle and hold the business, the, the public, the celebrity success that I'm stepping into. And so my capacity is always 20, 30 ounces beyond where my lifestyle is at the moment. So I live in personal development.
0: Love that. Such an inspiration. I would love to hear now, what's one thing bringing you the most joy in your life right now?
1: My grandmother, who turned 89 years old yesterday, playing with her and enjoying her wisdom and her spiciness. And And her aliveness and enjoying her um, at 89 years young and sharp as a tax, still all faculty. She still does her own taxes. And the other side to that, the exact opposite, is watching my son and supporting my son to discover his own unique voice in my space. He has a mom that has a pretty big voice. And he's watched me for years. Now I enjoy watching my son discover his voice. And so, um and and, and you know, to your previous question, Melissa, you asked, what do I attribute my success to? Uh and, and then you would just ask now, what are the thing what's the thing I'm most excited about? One of the things that allows me to feel the success is that whenever I'm asked about what I'm most excited about, it's always personal. It, it never it never results in business uh, expansion, bottom line growth, uh, global impact, which I'm I'm grateful for that. I, I, I always and I don't even I don't even do it intentionally, but I realize my answer to the question that you just asked. because I'm asked that question in different forms uh, over several interviews. My question is always something that I can have for free. It's always something that I would put in the category of priceless. It's always something that's going to be the thing that I reflect on when I've sat down in my favorite rocking chair and I'm 96 years old and I'm no longer working. It's always something that I can take with me in memory form. So it's never material. It's never business. It's never execution. It's always personal. And I believe those two are tied, that, that, that contributes to my success. And it's always what I'm most fond of and most happy about.
0: Beautiful. What are you working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment?
1: Yeah, so there's a long list there too, but I'll give you maybe the top two. Um, I want to talk about the word consistent. I want to have more consistent play time. Um, Right now, I have downtime, but my downtime is rest time. And I want to turn my rest time into play time. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and, and the other thing, if I could just say that I'd love to improve in, is I want to improve in more consistently pouring love onto the people that have been a, they've been a incredible component of me getting here. I want to be more consistent in demonstrable love to them on a consistent basis. I do it pretty well here and there, but I want to consistently show demonstrable love to the circle and the tribe that have helped me to become the woman that I am.
0: So beautiful. All right. Now let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides all of your books, if you could choose one book,
1: what would it be? seven habits of most effective teens. Sean Covey.
0: Yeah. Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes so that people can check that out. Now, I'd love to hear, Lisa, I love hearing about people's morning routines and how they prime themselves for the day, how they set themselves up for a successful day. So do you have a morning routine and can you
1: share it with us? When I wake up, I sit in bed uh, and I go over a list of 10 things that cost $25 or less that I'm grateful for. And normally they end up all being free. So I go over my gratitude list um, just to fill myself up before I go through my day and empty myself out. (laughs) So I find 10 things to be grateful for. I then go out on my deck off my bathroom uh, off my bedroom. And I, I look out into this great mountain area and I say, good morning to God. And I, um, I thank I go through this, thank you (laughs) phase where thank you that I can hear this morning. That sounds really corny, but thank you that I could see this beautiful, um, horizon. Thank you that I could feel, thank you that I have the ability to think, Thank you that I can command my arm to lift and it lifts. I can command my leg to lift and it lifts. That my body follows my commands. Thank you. Thank you for the fact that people find value in my words. Thank you that my friends call me even when I've been absent. Thank you. So I just go into this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And i it's really crazy because I wait. I keep doing the thank you exercise until I feel a knot in my throat. And a little bit of water in my eye. I don't get to the place of tears most of the time, but I don't stop until I can feel it because that's my physical version of being full. Um, And and then um, I stretch. I stretch. I do yoga. You know, I open my body up. You also have to know that three years ago I lost ninety pounds, and so being able to feel my body the way I can feel my body, there's a every day I want to thank it. I thank my full body. My, I, I thank my obese body for hanging in there until I can get to my more fit body. And so I, I work each day to honor, to touch it, to appreciate it. And uh, and then I, I go downstairs and uh, I, I consider my breakfast in whatever form it is. Very seldomly do I cook breakfast. Um, I'm mostly protein shakes. But I go downstairs and I I bless the food to help me to do great things in that day. So a very quiet, um, spiritual, probably morning, um, more than most. I chuckle because I used to start my day at 10 to the world so that I can have my, I can have four hours to myself in the morning. I get up about 6 AM and I wanted to have from 10, uh, from six to 10 by myself and with God, just getting, just breathing. And I was just telling a team member this morning, uh, my time with myself and God have gotten really tight because now my first calls are like seven thirty in the morning. So, and, and what's funny is when I told her that she said, Oh, I didn't know that because you haven't had later mornings since I started, which to- tells me that I I've, I've lost the early mornings, uh, are the longer mornings for a year and two months now. And she said, now that I know I- I'll make sure you're not, you're not assigned any meetings. Until 10 a.m. again, and what it taught me, Melissa, was I began to accept the fact that I lost that time without ever opening my mouth and telling anyone. And as soon as I told someone, it's it's being adjusted. So that was an aha for me today to go. Hold on, when something is infringing on what's important to me, what's important to you, have the courage to speak up without it seeming as if you're you're imposing on someone. So that was really interesting. So I chuckled when you first asked me this. Because while I do those things in the morning, of late they've been really rushed, and uh, just this morning I I asked for that time back so that I can have more grace and ease into my day.
0: Oh, beautiful! Good on you. Can you tell us how you lost ninety pounds?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's not the traditional way. Most people think that I I just did the Jillian Michaels Biggest Loser workout every day, and 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 to be quite honest with you, this is probably only the second or third interview that I have shared this in because it, it was very hard for me for a long time. So while I was building my career, those 14 years that I was growing double digits in business what well, publicly, what was happening privately, That I, it, which is I was in a private health hell. So inside of six years, um, I had three blood transfusions in six years. I was, um, Diagnosed with the most severe case of sleep apnea that the sleep study program had ever seen. The average person with sleep apnea, severe sleep apnea, wakes up 31 times an hour. Uh, I would wake up 62 times an hour. And uh, I traveled all the time. So I was diagnosed with um, literally being one of the highest risks of heart attack. I was 215 pounds. Um, My blood. Uh, count was really low. Uh, I wasn't getting any sleep because I had sleep apnea. I, I was constantly having blood transfusions. I would get off stage from speaking, sign autographs, get in the car, and be driven to urgent care and have a blood transfusion. I was told by the doctors that it wasn't a matter of if I would have a heart attack; it was a matter of when I would have a heart attack and where would I be. And so, uh, for the first time, a holistic doctor said, I, I, "You have to have a jump start on your weight loss." Um, It wasn't attached to food. My body just, my hormones were just completely out of whack and they, um, they weren't working with me and my weight, no matter what I did, I gained weight. I've always been a healthy eater. I had medical assistance and uh, I had a medical surgery, a weight loss surgery to get the first 50 pounds down. And then that gave me enough sleep so that I had energy to go to the gym. And by going to the gym, I was able to lose the other 40 pounds. Um, and so it, it, it took a it, it took a lot of i struggled with that because I was an athlete for thirteen years I was a state champion for uh, uh for uh, five years, and my ego was in the way and I, I I was told that my ego was going to put me in an early grave and it still took two years after I was told that by a doctor still two years later I still waited and finally I realized if i am irresponsible after being recommended all of these things because my ego says it wants to do it only one way. And I literally didn't have the energy to go to the gym because I wasn't getting any sleep. I wasn't getting any sleep because I had sleep apnea. I couldn't get rid of the sleep apnea because I, I I had too much weight. It was a cyclical cycle. And so once I started getting sleep, I had energy to go to the gym. Once I had energy to go to the gym, my metabolism kicked in. And so um, it's taken a long time for me to be able, Melissa, to talk about that out loud because I had a after the surgery i had so much shame around it i felt like i did something wrong and then i realized that everyone doesn't have the same path to the outcome that they're looking for that as my skin is mocha you know and yours is cream as my hair is curly and yours is straight as my lips my lips are full and yours may be thinner At we we that does not mean that we both can't get to bliss and joy we have a different come from space i finally had to give myself permission to need to do what I needed to do to create a healthy lifestyle for me. I'm living a life I've never seen in, my, in the last 20 years because I, 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 I swallowed my pride and my ego and I asked for medical help. Mm, thank you so much for
0: sharing. That's just so beautiful. I'm so, so grateful for your honesty. It's just amazing. I'm so, so grateful. I've got three little rapid fire questions for you now. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we
1: could do for our health today? What's one thing that we can do? The first thing I would say, I know food is a big thing, but I'm going to say stay active, stay active, like just stay active. My birthday is tomorrow and someone said, what do you want to do for your birthday? Where do you want to go out to eat? And I said, I don't want to go out to eat. I want to go bike riding on the beach. (laughs) So that's my birthday gift to myself is bike riding on the beach. Stay active, stay in movement. Because when you're active, activity draws more activity. Action draws more action. Movement draws more movement. And so for me, it's stay active. Yeah, I
0: love that. Something I'm working on at the moment is making sure I'm getting a minimum of 10,000 steps a day. And this can just be tracked on your iPhone. And it's really fun. Like I do it. I have a 12-year-old bonus son. And so my husband and my bonus son and I, we try and all do it. And at the dinner table, we're like, how many steps did you get? Like It's a little fun game that we just play with each other. And it's so fun because I spend a lot of time, well, I was writing books and podcasting, which means sitting behind my computer. And I was getting really bad lower back pain from all of the sitting that I was doing. So movement, I love that you said that. And thanks for the epic reminder.
1: Yes, you're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Okay, the next one is what is one thing that we can do today for more wealth in our life? So, more abundance in all areas of our life.
1: I think the first thing is to take each area and rate where it is now. So, if it was on a scale, if you use a scale from one to five, five being absolutely blissful, exactly where you want it. Your finances are exactly where you want them. The relationships are all absolutely exactly where you want them. Health, spirituality. On a scale from one to five, five being absolutely there and one being pretty flat line and, 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 and non-existent and need help. Rate yourself on a scale from one to five so you even know where you're starting. The second thing is the most important. If you rate yourself a two, which a lot of people do, if you rate yourself a three, the second thing is to write down what's, what will turn that three into a five, what will turn that two into a five. What would turn that one into a five? What would help it get? What's the action? What's the awareness? What's the doing? Um, and so every time I work with my students and we and we talk about abundance and getting to abundance, we rate ourselves in the key areas and kind of follow it after wh- how I've written in the book. We rate ourselves in these key areas. And then the most important part after that is to go, what would take it from this number toward a five? I mean, I get to a five, but toward a five. And then we end up having this very succinct action list You can't have a list of 10 things, only three, three things can move your finances up. What three things, what, what three action steps, what three action steps moves your health up? Maybe not three notches, but maybe one notch. And so the first thing is to rate yourself where you currently are. The second is to create the distance between the two and three action steps in each area. And the third thing is to grab an accountability buddy or a couple of buddies and have them do the same thing and then hold each other accountable to take an action over the next six months. Mm,
0: Love that. So powerful. So, so powerful having that accountability. All right. Last one is what is one of the most important things that we can do for more
1: love in our life? The first thing I would say is find ways to demonstrably, to demonstrate and fall more in love with yourself. Uh, I know that sounds hokey and it's kind of But like, like stand in the mirror and do the I'm proud that you, I forgive you, I commit to you. Become more connected to you because when you become more connected, more in love, more demonstrable, caring and loving toward you, you're actually the example of how other people are supposed to love you. You're giving people the example of how to love you. You're giving people the example of how to treat you. And quite frankly, there are many times we're not giving them the best example of how to love us. When we say, don't worry about me. No, you go ahead first. You no, know, I don't need rest when we don't set healthy boundaries. If you don't, if people are crossing your line, it's not because they're rude. It's because your line isn't deep enough in the sand. And so the first thing is to really be present with you and and look at show up and go, how can I love me more? Get more sleep. Recognize that sleep is not for wimps. Sleep is a tool. Invest your money more wisely. Honor the dollars that you earn. You know, um. Honor your body with no clothes on. Look at every inch, every ounce, every line and celebrate it for the journey it's brought you on. When you fall more in love with you, you become the model of how other people are to love and treat you. And then recognize that love is an open book test. Don't require that people guess how to love you and don't tell them in a demanding way. What I love about helping people love you is that you get to share with them, you know what I love? You know what makes me happy? And when they do something, stop, celebrate it with no buts, or it will be better. Like celebrate, like throw a little mini party. Like we're like three-year-olds. What gets rewarded gets repeated. And so when someone does something, when my son cooks me breakfast, I make a big deal out of it. And my son is always going, mom, you want breakfast? Because he wants that big deal again. And so, recognize that people are following your lead. So start loving on you to the next level. Secondly, realize that love is an open book test. Help people love you. Don't make them guess.
0: I love that. I'm going to try that with Leo, the whole breakfast in the morning thing. I'm going to make a big deal about it so that, yeah, I get it each morning. So thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else, Lisa, that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you want to share that maybe I haven't asked you about?
1: Oh, no, you are such a wonderful, gracious and thorough interview partner to have. So I thank you for allowing me to share my story. I thank you for allowing me to share my insights. And I just want to say that I I truly share from the place of a teacher and a student. That I think the wonderful thing that we all get is a thousand second chances uh, to, to do it bigger and better and greater. And every time we get to 999, we get to press reset and we have a thousand more second chances. And I've arrived at this place simply by pressing the reset button and giving myself permission to have a do over and a do better. And each time that I do over, I do it better. And I always say, if anyone's gotten any value from me up until now, man, my next season is really going to be amazing. So thank you for letting me share.
0: Oh, pleasure. And I'm a massive believer in service. So I would love to know, how can I personally and the listeners
1: serve you today? What can we do to serve you, Lisa? I just appreciate the question. Thank you so much for that question. Two things. One Hold my 360 wellness in your prayers and in your meditation that I not only have the amazing public life that people get to see and witness if they so choose, but that my private life is as beautiful uh, in its silence and in its sense of surrender as well. That there's 360 balance and harmony and abundance. And the second thing is I think the best, if you're still listening, that means you've hung in to the very end. And um, to honor, I always say when you honor a coach or someone pouring into you, the best way to honor that is to take action on one thing you heard. And I think the world can be a better place, will be a better place. And it doesn't have to be a 180 degree turn and it doesn't have to all happen in one big swoop. I think it happens in small needlepoint moves. And I think when we take something, we chew on it, we digest it and we lift as if we learned it we become the change that we're looking for in the world. So just taking any one nugget that I may have shared, never ever having to mention that it came from me or came from this interview, but just living like you learned it. That's really huge.
0: Well, before we go, I just want to honor you and acknowledge you and thank you so much for not only sharing your time with us today and all of your wisdom but being so honest and authentic, you can really feel it. You are so gracious and I'm so grateful that we got this time. And I have followed you for so many years and been introduced to your work actually through my husband who met you at Awesomeness Fest many, many years ago. And I'm just so grateful for all the work that you're doing out there and just how gracious and beautiful you were on this interview. But also, I think getting on interviews can sometimes... Say, can be little technical challenges and it took us, you know, it took us 25 minutes before we could get this interview going and there has been spiritual teachers that I've had on the show that have lost it. And you just were so graceful and so easy to work with. And I'm just, I want to honor you for really walking your talk and for being the example and the leader and the student that you are. And I'm just so grateful that we've been able to connect today.
1: Thank you so much for your kind words. My grandmother says that when you're born, almost one of the first things you get is your name. And when you leave this place... People will only know to reference you by your name. So, spend the lifetime that you're here between your birthday and your transition day making your name mean something when people say it. Make it mean integrity, make it mean love, make it mean grace, make it mean compassion. And so, what you experienced in our technical challenges was simply me being committed to the experience that you have when you experience Lisa and 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 what that will mean as we continue to serve others and so i'm grateful um that you also gave me your time and for everyone listening my grandma also says that we can replace anything that we have we can replace cars if we lose them money if it goes away houses if they burn down clothes if they if somehow they're 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 no longer there the one thing we can never get back is our time and so as you are acknowledging me for my time I want to acknowledge you for listening, those of you who are listening for your time, because it truly is a gift and I don't take it for granted.
0: Mm, Thank you so much, beautiful lady. I'm sending you so much love and I am so grateful that we got to connect today.
1: Thank you so much. You have a wonderful evening.
0: Holy moly, guys, what an inspiration she is. What a true goddess. She really does walk her talk, that's for sure. I'm so inspired and I got so much out of this episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that together we can inspire even more people. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Lisa and I mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 113. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. I also just wanted to remind you that you can get your hands on my latest book, Open Wide, a radically real guide to deep love, rocking relationships, and soulful sex right now. And all you have to do to get your copy is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide. And if you head there, you can also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. Go and check it out. You guys are going to love it. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, all you have to do is head to iTunes and leave me a review. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so so much for being here for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you you rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this particular episode, please share it with them right now. All you have to do is take a screenshot, share it with them on social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you have got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word.